Turn to Philemon. Hello, this is Sandy Patterson. Yes, Mr. Patterson, I'm Janine from the Fraud Protection Department of Identivolt Credit Monitoring Service. We're calling today because, unfortunately, it appears that someone has attempted to steal your identity. Are you kidding me? Gosh, I wish I were. We did catch this in time, however, but I do suggest you taking advantage of our free total protection plan, which safeguards your credit rating against theft and fraud. Yes, please, if it's free, absolutely. Just terrific. I went for this plan myself. Mr. Patterson, I'm going to need to verify some information from you. I'm going to need your full name, date of birth, and social security number, please. Sure. Understood. Here it comes. Beware of identity theft. The introduction to the teaching today is also a public service announcement. Don't believe just everybody that calls you. My own father called me thinking my son was in Guatemala in jail needing to be bailed out. He said he was crying. He could hardly understand him. He begged me not to tell you, son, but he needs 1800 I think it was $1,800 right now. And I really don't have it to give him, but I'm fixing to leave and go wire it to him. And I thought, you should know. I didn't feel right about you not knowing about this. I said, Dad, no, I don't think he would do something like that. So I called Zane. He was at work. He said, I'll call Grandpa. So he called my dad and says, Grandpa, if I ever call you from jail, you leave me in there. <laughs> so be careful. A friend of ours, Nyla, called us about 4 a.m. one morning and said, Lindsay, who's another friend of ours, just contacted her through Facebook from London. She's stranded. Her hotel room got broken into. Her passports and her plane tickets were stolen, and she's stranded there with her four kids. Like, what in the world is she doing in London? I said, let me call her daddy. So I called her daddy. I said, Terry, is Lindsay in London with her four kids? He says, I don't think so. <laughs> so I contacted the lady back. Poor Terry. I woke him up and told the lady, hey, this is fraud. This isn't a real deal. She's home. Well, Terry told me later, he says, man, about 5.30, I called Lindsay to make sure it wasn't true. <laughs> so be careful with your identity and with the identities of others because we are not living in a world full of people that are saved. Ain't everybody saved, right? Even some saved folks need some help. Have you found the book of Philemon? Or some people say Philemon. It's a short book. It doesn't have any chapters. Just Philemon, verse 4 through 6. Paul wrote this letter to his friend Philemon. We won't get into why. It's an interesting story. Let's just look at an excerpt. From this letter, he said, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. I thank my God, comma, making mention of you always in my prayers. So that's verse 4. Verse 5 is going to tell what he thanks God for. And verse 6 is going to tell what his prayers are. Notice that? I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. So I thank my God, verse 5, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. So I thank God that you love Jesus and you love his people. Making mention of you in my prayers, verse 6, here's what he prays. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. Can we say effective? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you 
in Christ Jesus. I thank my God, making mention of you in my prayers, verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging or acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. How many wants the sharing of your faith to become effective? The effectiveness is related to our acknowledging every good thing that is in us that is in Christ Jesus. So Christ is in us. And in Christ are good things. And one of those things is we are in Christ. We were on his mind when he went to the cross. We were in his plans at the foundation of the world. And we are in his agenda even now. We are in relationship with him. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. I have in my hand here the Hood County News. The Hood County News is in my hands. See that? And in the Hood County News are news. First thing being a prayer request. We need rain. Amen? And then the driver's ed teacher retired. I'm sure all the youth of the city are relieved. He got away with more stuff than kids would allow a normal teacher to get away with because they wanted their license. (laughs) He was a fearless teacher. Other things in there, there's one ads, there's coupons, there's advertising. I mean, you could spend all day reading everything in the Hood County News. There's even a Prime Timers magazine, and inside of it are other things. In Christ are riches or treasures, hidden treasures, or the Bible calls them unsearchable riches that just keep giving and giving the more you understand. And it's my desire today that we look at a few of these riches today and understand how they impact our identity If you're sitting here today and you think losers is tattooed on your identity, I pray the Lord expunges you of that in Jesus' name. Our topic today is you are in Christ. Can we say in Christ? Christ. Tell someone you are in Christ. If you're an unbeliever, you're not yet in Christ, but let me tell you, the door is wide open for you to come on in to a relationship to Christ and His kingdom. Today is a day of salvation, and now is the time. You are in Christ. Watch this. Before Christ, I was a different person. This person was my old nature, my old self. But that person died, and my life is now hidden with Christ. This is who I am. I am in Christ, and He is in me. I am a new creation. This is who I am. This doesn't mean that I will never stumble or fall back into old patterns. But I will call them what they are. They are old patterns. Old habits of the old person. I will confess them. I will thank God for His forgiveness. And I will make amends. And then I will move on. This is who I am. 
Not because I'm taking sin lightly, but because I'm taking seriously who God says I am. Holy, pure, unstained, without blemish. Not because of anything I've done, but because of what God has done for me. He has wiped my slate clean. I am blameless before God. This is who I am. Therefore, shame has no place in my life. Because I am, this is who I am, a new creation. And all of the ugly parts of my story, the parts I want to pretend never happened, have been redeemed. This is who I am. And they have become the moments in my life when God's grace is most on display. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This is who I am. My mistakes do not define me. My past does not define me. Because God has defined me. My identity is, I am His beloved child. This is who I am. In whom He is well pleased. This is who I am. This is my identity. This is who I am. Don't let anybody steal it. Don't let anybody steal it. What if you had an expenses paid vacation somewhere that was all inclusive? Who's ever taken that kind of vacation? What if you didn't know it was all inclusive and you got the plane tickets, went to where you were, and then you barely got by staying in cheap hotels and eating cheap food? not knowing the trip was fully paid for. The lack of knowledge, not knowing, can hurt us. Not knowing who we are can put us on a quest for respect when we are already respectable. If people disrespect us, it shouldn't ruin our day because we've not forgotten who we are. Today we're speaking on the subject, you are in Christ. Four points. In Christ, we are blessed now. In Christ, we have a blessed future. Through Christ, we have been blessed. And through Christ, we are being blessed. In Christ, we are blessed now. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Ephesians 5.8 says that we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Colossians 2.10 says you are, can we say are? You are complete in Him. Who's the Him? Him is the one who's the head of all principality. And power. You feel inadequate in yourself? We are inadequate. But in Christ, we are complete. We are whole in Christ. We have what it takes in Christ. We are more than an overcomer.
in Christ. Jesus told his disciples in John 15, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Verse 7, he goes on to say, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Abiding in Christ isn't just a visit. It's a lifestyle. It's a place to remain in Christ, his presence and his principles his ways and his words, which include what he says about you. Don't abide in the curses you've heard over the past. Don't abide in some mistake you made yesterday. Abide in the promises of God that propel us onward towards the future. Abide in him, and if we do that, we're promised answered prayer. Number two, in Christ we have a blessed future. Romans 6.23 says the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we've been granted a gift of eternal life, of a future to look forward to. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22 says, In Christ all shall be made alive. So in Him we're going to be made alive in the future resurrection. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. In Christ. Where are we going? We're headed towards ultimate triumph. We are triumphant now in view of our future triumph. We fight from a position of victory that is ours yet to come. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So we have blessings now, but we have blessings in heavenly places where we are going to go in the presence of Christ. We have a blessed future. Jude addresses his little letter to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. We are preserved in him. If you're in Christ, you have a residence. We're told to abide in him. He didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't lift us up to let us down. He didn't build his home in us to move away. And he didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. There's permanence to our relationship. The word preserve means to maintain something in its original or existing state. When he preserves us, it's not in our old nature, but it's in our new nature. We've been preserved. It means to be kept safe from harm or injury. If you're afraid of losing your salvation, you know what that will do? That will cause you to sin. It's a deception to think, I have to live in fear of hell for me to live for God. Otherwise, I'll live like hell. Not true. If you realize that Christ has you in his hand and that you're secure in him, there's going to develop in your heart an appreciation that will motivate a life of obedience. But if you think you're in his hand like this and he's dangling you over the eternal flame, just daring you to make a mistake, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to be able to take the pressure And eventually you're going to indulge in some goofy sin to find some relief. And then you're going to run back and get your salvation back, rededicate your life again. One guy said, I wore my rededicator out. (laughs) We mess up, get up, repent, and move on. Begin to live in the identity for which he's given you. 
Synonyms for the word preserve means to protect, to maintain, to care for, to look after, to continue it, to conserve, to keep going, to uphold, to sustain, to perpetuate. This is a good thing, isn't it? Preserves are a good thing, are they not? I could have some right now. Through Christ, we have been blessed. Now, this is talking about completed action in past time. Has anybody here ever received an inheritance? All right, you've received an inheritance. The reason you received an inheritance was someone, when they were alive, made some decisions in past time in the form of making a will and signing it with witnesses. That was done in the past so that you could be blessed in the present. Jesus told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not have to perish but might have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He went on to say, as a serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. So Christ was going to be lifted up on the cross. This was future tense when he was talking to Nicodemus. But now it's past tense. It has been done. We have been blessed. Completed action in past time. When he said it is finished, by golly, he was done. Genesis says, Then in six days God created the heavens and the earth. The seventh day God rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was done. Jesus died after he was done. Then he rested. I know he was tired too because he was a human. But the point of the matter is, something happened in the past that blessed us in the future. You can't undo the past. But Christ provided that remedy in the past. We can't undo that either. Receive it. Believe it. Allow it to impact your identity. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that Jesus has reconciled us to himself. God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. Galatians 5 verse 1 tells us to stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Completed action in past time. Ephesians 1 verse 5 says, God, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. We were already predestined before we were ever alive at the foundation of the world. Colossians 1.20 says that Jesus, having made peace through the blood of his cross. The peace that did not exist between man and God and between man and man now exists because Jesus has already shed his blood. We're not working for something. We're working from something. or We're receiving the completed works of Christ. Through Christ we have been blessed. Ephesians 2 verse 4 goes on to say, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been, can we say have been? Have been saved. I'm not going to be saved. I am saved. But literally, I have been saved. Completed action in past time. This is a secure blessing. 
Number four, through Christ we are being blessed. There's present tense blessings. This isn't just pie in the sky when we die. This is life with Christ. It's impacted by the goodness of Christ. We are promised in Romans 5, verse 17, that we will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Romans 8, verse 37, in all these things, what things? Everything. We are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What problems are you facing today? Do not allow those problems to attack your identity. Identity theft is going on spiritually too. But allow those things to confirm to you, since you are a conqueror, you're going to have some things to conquer. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says that God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a receiving of the victory that has already been done, but there's also the receiving of the victory that we're walking out in the present tense. Philippians 4, verse 7, talks about the peace of God that passes all understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So there's a peace that we can receive, that's ours to receive and walk in, that in the midst of all the turmoil and anxiety and hurts and disappointments and confusion in the world, you can still have peace. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that in me, in who? In Christ, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He fought from a position of victory. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things, can we say all things, through Christ who strengthens us. The Lord will strengthen us to do the things we want to do and the things we don't want to do. All things doesn't mean just anything I want to do. Every football team that has some Christians on it has team members claiming this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yet only one team is going to win. The other one's going to lose. So the all things doesn't just include winning a game. It includes losing a game. I can learn how to lose with grace. When Baylor got cut out of the finals... Their coach said, I guess this means we have to be undefeated, so we're going to try to be undefeated next year. He's learning to do all things through Christ that strengthens him. We celebrated the life of Jay Moore here yesterday, 86-year-old man, wonderful brother. Had over 100 folks here, which is a great testimony for someone his age. It was a joyous occasion. It was sad for us, but happy for him. In his final year or two of his life, he no longer could stay at home. He went to Trinity Mission and rehab. You know, as the baby boomers get older, we no longer have nursing homes. We have rehab centers. And I don't want to go to rehab. And up beside his bed was this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know there were many times he would read that verse and claim, I can do all things. I'm going to get out of here. And he would struggle. But... The all things through Christ includes everything, even the things we don't like, like getting old and passing on the other side. And he did it through Christ who strengthened him. Philippians 4.19 promises us that God shall supply all your need according to his riches, not our lack, his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we have present tense blessings. So we are blessed now. We have a blessed future, we have already been blessed, and we are being blessed. Kind of winding right back up with where we started being blessed 
now. Our text today was the prayer of Paul, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Let's see what some other translations say. The New Living Translation renders that prayer as following. I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. There's a Bible study for you. Spend this year learning about not only Jesus, but about you in Jesus. The Holman translation says, I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. And the literal translation literally says, so that the fellowship of your faith may operate in a full knowledge of every good thing in you for Jesus Christ. You were born with a purpose, and for sure you've been born again with a purpose. And you are not here just to occupy space. Marietta Harold is one of our local wordsmiths. She's coming to deliver one of her masterpieces. You are not here just to take up space. Eating, consuming, satiating your appetite, leaving a trail of excrement in your wake. You are not a bookmark on this earth, a flower pressed against the pages of life. You are not a piece of art, a sculpture, a thing perching idly on some shelf whose only purpose is to be seen, admired, gazed at, whose Mutely sitting, waiting for someone else to decide you need to be knocked off, trashed, kicked to the curb, destroyed. You are not a cosmic random event, an accident of love or lust. To make you one unique egg among hundreds and one unique seed among Dozens of millions joined together in a dance of violent passion to create the being I see standing before me, you. He stretched out the heavens overhead and decorated with planets, moons, stars, the sun, the Milky Way. He created this earth and all that is in it. He created the oceans and the life they hold. He breathed his breath into this world so that you could inflate your lungs and live. He sent his son here to redeem that which was lost, that which he created, you, to himself. So the pain you were meant to have in death, ostracized from the king, would not transpire if you would but welcome him in your core. He was beaten into an unrecognizable, bloody, ripped, shredded, torn mess for you. He didn't do all that so you could sit in your place on Sundays. He didn't endure all the pain so that you could have a stairway to heaven. He didn't drink the cup set before him so that you could just occupy space. He was ripped, but not with muscles. 
He was heavy duty, but not in his body. He was bad, but not in attitude. He endured all, but not for himself. He overcame, so you could overcome. He took on the public display of torture and humiliation. He took on the devil and his kingdom. He took on all that you deserve to lay the foundation on which you must stand, to prepare the path which you must march, to give you the bread which you must part, to give you the seed which you must spread, to give you the water which you must pour. The chance of being born as you was one in 12 billion, twice the current population of this earth. Your existence was orchestrated at this time, in this place, not for you to consummate your cravings, delusions, desires, timetable, but to accomplish his design using his strategy for his magnificence. So you must move. Motivate, ambulate, hike, track, saunter, stroll, sashay, strut, swagger. You cannot remain fixed, fettered, moored, chained, fastened, bound, handcuffed, shackled, constrained, restrained to where you are. You will dislocate, disengage, disturb, disentangle, oust, eject, extricate, break free. You don't just occupy space, an effigy pointing to the path. Your requisite is to illustrate, demonstrate, exhibit the way, to metamorph, reform, modify your earthly existence, to watch for and walk through every door, to bring the kingdom to the lost, to share all that was given without cost to you. You are not here just to occupy space. You are in Christ, a soldier and a comforter. You are in Christ, the help to someone in darkness. You are in Christ, a warrior and a child of the Most High. You are in Christ, salt and light to the world. You are in Christ, a culture changer. You are in Christ, significant and essential. You have a place to fill, a job to do, an assignment to complete. No, you do not just occupy space. Being in Christ is not just a me thing. It's a we thing. Me and Jesus have my own thing going was a song, but not reality. The cross was vertical and horizontal. The closer I become like Christ, the closer I become to you. And his love, his charity starts at home. Amen. And I could think of no better time than to renew some wedding vows in the house.
So, Pastor Shaker, if you could give us a little wedding march as Jeff and Emma renew their vows. Family is welcome to come and join. Want to come and join them up here. How many years you've been together? Nineteen. Nineteen years. That's awesome in the 21st century. That's great. Jeff, will you have this woman to be your wife, to live together in the holy covenant of marriage? Will you love her, comfort her, honor and keep her in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others to be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? Emma, will you have this man to be your husband, to live together in the holy covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and keep him in sickness and in health? And forsaking all others to be faithful to him as long as you both shall live. Jeff, repeat after me. I, Jeff, take you, Emma, to be my wedded wife, and I pledge that I will be faithful, and I will love and serve you as long as we both shall live. Emma, repeat after me. I, Emma, take you, Jeff, to be my wedded husband, and I pledge that I will be faithful, and that I will love and serve you as long as we both shall live. May God grant the two of you wisdom, power, and provision with steps that always bear fruit. Free from division, may He give you peace. And his will is your constant pursuit. May the Lord be your guide as you always decide to follow his plans for your lives. And may none cut asunder those he joins together, God's purpose for husbands and wives. May your home be a haven, a picture of heaven, where praise is the true way of life. And may that house fill with laughter both now and hereafter, where hurt never turns into strife. Let's just stretch out our hands toward this man and this woman. Lord, we thank you for their being together for 19 years. And Lord, as they renew their vows here today, we all have witnessed this again today. And Lord, we recognize our human frailty and our need for your help in standing standing in who we are in you. And so, Lord, as a man and woman of God, I pray that this man and this woman would stand together from this day forward with a greater level of unity and love for one another and for their fellow man. Lord, use their home to be a blessing to them and a blessing to everyone they meet. In Jesus' name, bless the work of their hands. Bless their children and their descendants with good marriages and healthy children. In Jesus' name, we ask for unprecedented prosperity for the Crane family and all of their descendants. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you.
You may kiss the bride, yes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord God Almighty cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The peace that comes from knowing who you are. Knowing what you have. Knowing where you're going. And knowing that you're not here just to occupy space. God bless you. Go get them tigers.